Well, this chip on my shoulder won't come off. I scrubbed and scrubbed until I was red raw. Reconstructed full of filler. Somebody break the bronze soul. I guess I'm just a peasant from up north. You look very well. Thank you. That's very kind. Are you just being polite? <laughs> oh, no, you look uh, rejuvenated after your holiday, perhaps. You hope so. Yeah, I feel good. I feel good. You look well as well. Very smart haircut. Looking good. Thanks. Thanks. Is Am, am I coming through okay? Loud and clear. Yeah, loud and clear. I think it's all working. So hopefully. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. How was your holiday? I mean, should we introduce this week's pod, this week's pod, like we do it every week? I mean, it's been about three months, hasn't it? I know, I know. We've been on a, a little bit of a break, haven't we? A sabbatical. A sabbatical. A summer sabbatical. What does that word even mean? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it sounds a bit religious, doesn't it? It does. It must be linked to Sabbath. Yeah. Isn't it? A rest, basically, that's what it's been. We've both been really busy, haven't we, I guess? Too busy, yeah. Time just flies by, doesn't it? And we keep, we say, oh yeah, we'll do it, and then something crazy, like three months. 90 days has passed, maybe. Anyway, our, our many, many listeners are going to be chomping at the bit to hear this one. This is going to be the killer. Yeah. This is going to be the killer. Finally, <laughs> so, they'll be safe. <laughs> finally. I've been waiting for this bad boy. Anyway. Good to see you, man. How was family? Everybody okay? Family was good. Uh, family are good, sorry. <laughs> they are still with us. Uh, holiday was excellent. Mm-hmm. Is that what you wanted to discuss? Maybe that's, sh- yeah, that should be a key. I mean, there's so many things we're going to discuss in this pod, potentially. But we'll try and keep it within an hour, shall we? So that we yeah, can uh, that keep it succinct and to the point. So this week is about holidaying post lockdown as we come out of messy mm. lockdowns scotland mm-hmm. wales you've been to scotland i've been to wales so we could talk a little bit about our experiences maybe that could be a, a key part of it it's going to be good isn't it tell us about your scottish holiday where did you go joe yes yeah, so we spent five days in sky the isle of sky which before I went to the Alice Guy, I thought it's probably going to be just, you know, a bit more of Scotland, an extension of Scotland. Mm. Scotland is awesome, mm. but you do feel like you enter a, a new little Nordic kingdom when you go up to the Isle of Skye. Mm. Have you been? No, you know I haven't. I don't think I have. I've been to Scotland a few times, but never. Yeah. Never there. Oh, it's awesome. Is it's there? awesome. Yeah, so you, you drive over this a beautiful bridge that connects the island to the mainland mm. and then you're into the island and we did some awesome hikes some awesome walks and uh, we ate very well there because the seafood is amongst the world's best it's so fresh i had uh mussels one evening and oh, crikey they <laughs> <Right>. were good <laughs> they were, oh, that Oh. And um, yeah, so we spent a week in Sky doing uh, some of the walks there, and then we got the ferry from Uige, which is spelled U I G. 
uh, in Sky to the Outer Hebrides, and I mean the Isle of Sky was beautiful, but the Outer Hebrides was was otherworldly. It was amazing. Was it really really cool? Yeah. Cool. How long was the ferry from Sky to there? The ferry took about one hour and a half. Yeah. Cool. And en route to the Outer Hebrides, we saw dolphins. Yeah. And the bird life in the Outer Hebrides, for anybody who is into bird watching, uh, like myself, we have discussed this, haven't we, on the pod in, in previous episodes. Mm. The the bird life in the Outer Hebrides is is the best, really, in 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 terms of what you can see in Britain. It's amazing. We saw some incredible birds up there. Right. Cool. Yeah. What did you see? This could be a section within a section. Joe's bird watching section. Well, do you know what? You, on the last time we discussed bird watching, one of the things I said about bird, the great thing about bird watching is once you get into it, mm. you realise that there are, there are certain birds that you can only see in certain places of the UK, right? Mm. Yeah. So you can plan a trip based on the birds that you're going to see that are particular to that area, mm. and the birds that you can only see up there, the largest bird of prey in the UK is the white-tailed sea eagle mm -hmm. and at its biggest its wingspan is eight foot it oh. is a monster of a like, bird like a we were we were lucky enough to see that on a little boat trip wow. we saw a, a white-tailed sea eagle and also this was just you know flabbergasting for a bird watcher like me <laughs> we saw golden eagles as well wow. yeah and another really really rare bird that we saw was a black-throated diver. There's only 50 pairs of those in the UK. Less spectacular, but still, to see those was pretty cool. And there's only 50 pairs. Wow. Was that at the yeah. Hebrides or in Sky? You saw these. That was in the uh, that was in the Outer Hebrides. Yeah. Oh, okay. We stayed on. There's five main islands, and we stayed on the Isle of Uist. Cool. So. Cool. So very you... much recommended. Yeah. Really honest. So you stayed over there. Like a night, did you, on the outside Hebrides? We did, yeah. So we had nice accommodation in Sky, but then we took a more adventurous turn in the outer Hebrides and we stayed in this little yurt cum shed, really. It was basically a mattress within a shed and then cool. there was this little centre with showers and toilets and kitchen, uh -huh. you know. So nearly uh, camping, nearly like camping or... Yeah, like camping, you can feel the wind, and when it when it rained, it was awesome. And I, uh -huh. I got up to the toilet at about two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, such the older gent that I am, and the stars were incredible. They were yeah. awesome because yeah, yeah. obviously there's next to no light pollution up there. Right. Nice, 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 nice. And what did your best half think of it all? She loved it as well. She's recently. Um, developed a passion for bird watching oh, well, I won't maybe make passions a bit strong but she's getting into <laughs> bird watching as well yeah um, but one thing that she loved is the beaches up there so it's got something to do with the Gulf streams in the Atlantic Ocean mm. Atlantic Sea um, it makes the, the sands incredibly white on those beaches and it gives the waters that azure kind of turquoise color mm -hmm. so much so that one of the beaches up there uh, the Thai tourism board nicked a picture of it mm. to use for one of their beaches in their brochure <laughs> because it looks wow. yeah. So it's it's really strange. You're in this inclement Scottish weather. It's never really blue skies and sunny, is it? No. Especially that far north. But you're looking at this 
paradisaic beach. It is. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. You walk through this field full of cows. Yeah. Um, which is reminiscent of anywhere else, you know, in rural UK. And then yeah. you climb over the mound, and then oh my goodness me, there's this white beach. Gorgeous. Beach. Yeah. 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 No wonder, no wonder the Vikings uh, decided to stop and conquer it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll stop here, lads. So. Beautiful beach under like a leaden grey sky, was it, or bit of sun? Yeah, a little bit of sun. Um, to be honest, when I was looking at, I, w I was thinking, you know, do they get really blue sky in you know sunny weather? Because you think that if that was anywhere in the UK, it would be jam packed, mm. full of lads and lasses on the mm. Carlin and Fosters or whatever. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like they would be loving it, but up there, it just felt untouched. Yeah. There was nobody there. Nice. Um, but to be honest, it was grey, but still, you know, quite a spectacle to see. Yeah, sounds beautiful. Sounds great. Something, something you would have really appreciated. We saw this uh, burial chamber up there, mm. um, and apparently it's 5,000 years old, one of the oldest buildings mm. in uh, Northern Europe, okay. built by this chieftain way back when. Mm. Um, so there's signs up saying, don't you know? Don't come near. Don't touch. Don't. You don't want to damage it. Mm. But you can kind of peek inside, and that was that was pretty cool. There's a lot of stuff like that up there. Cool. Uh, from its early wow. inhabitants. Yeah. So like pre, pre Celt almost as a sort of going right back to, yeah, the first people. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. It sounds cool, man. It sounds like a great time. I think you were away. Be. You were away the same week we were away, weren't you? Was that week before last? Yeah. yeah, that's right. How was Wales? It was cool. It was really cool. I mean, it was a last-minute thing, really, because we've got, a, for once, we've got a couple of holidays, only UK ones, books. But it was kind of, we just thought about it a few weeks ago, so we got the tent ready, we checked it. My wife, who isn't keen on camping usually, she, she said, why don't we go camping? And we went to this farm that our family's gone to on and off since early 80s we worked out it was 40 years the first time anyone from our family went there 40 wow. years to this year and we were like wow so it's like a traditional family and it's right on the outskirts of anywhere this farm and we went in a field we've never been in before and the view was amazing there was nobody else in this field it was completely empty this massive field which was about you know five football pitches huge and then you just had this view right down to the bay and looking down sort of to Cardigan Bay but there were, there were no houses no tents or anything in our view it was incredible you know what I mean so when you get up in the morning and you open the tent it was just sunshine blue sky blue sea you'd see sheep in distant fields and, and cows and stuff but it was perfect it was really good awesome that pa sounds pause like for it. a second sorry change how much what about the kids? Yeah, yeah, we're taking those. Can we take the first one? Make five. Yeah, that's five. Crispy crab donuts. Hi. Do you want to take that? <laughs> Hi, Vicky. Sorry, it was important to interrupt. Um, important donut business. It's important. We've got to get the crispy crumbs. Take it all, just take it all. Oh, that. <laughs> That is well worth an interruption. <laughs> bye. See you later. Sorry, bye. We'll edit that bit out. Crispy cram donuts. 
But anyway, yeah, no, it was good. It was a great spot. And we got there on the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You know, these were great days. It was blue sky, no wind, ideal camping conditions. I said, if you guys don't like camping in this field, in this location, with that view, you'll never like it. It's perfect. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, it was, and it was only like a five-minute drive down to the village, and it was just lovely. You know, it was perfect. And the kids loved it. You know, the first day the kids were in the water, the little wetsuits on and little life-preserved things. And they were like, oh, we're having so much fun. And I said, oh, yeah, it is worth it. All the effort. Because it is like you're moving house when you're camping. There's so much stuff to take. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? We, mm-hmm. we borrowed a trailer or something. We packed that. And we had the roof box. We looked like proper campers. Do you know what I mean? Right. And right, I was right, still, right. you know, I thought, how did we ever do this in the past without a trailer? Because we've done it before without a trailer. Last time was like five years ago. And I... Vicky was really heavily pregnant, uh, about eight months pregnant. So that time wasn't great. So that, and it, you know, and that was with Eleanor. So it didn't, that didn't end well a month later. But yeah, wow. this time it was perfect. It was so nice. The sun was shining. It was great. I mean, there were ups and downs. There were moments where you went, oh, this is stressful. Like even the first day we got there, and we went right, we've set up camp. Let's just go down the village. And the kids were in the water. We were down the far end mm. of this beach. Beautiful little place called Aberdaran. And uh, I was with the kids, and they were just playing in the shallows. I said, oh, I'm loving this. And uh, the other two went off to get chips and tea. And, of course, there's a big mad queue at the chippy, so they'd been away for about half an hour, and Elizabeth was climbing on the rocks there. And I said, maybe don't, because wet. You haven't got anything on your feet. She didn't have any mm-hmm. like, wet, sh- wet suit shoes on or anything. And I was looking at him, and the next minute she fell. She was climbing on a rock that was like 45 oh, degrees. No. She didn't even put her hands out, and she landed on her face. And I was like... Oh. And she went, Dad! And I looked around. <laughs> this was on the first day, you know what I mean? So you go from like, this is great, this is perfect, everyone's happy. You're sending a few pictures yeah. to relatives saying, hey, look how great it is, the kids are in the sea already. Next minute yeah, she yeah. hits this rock, face first, oh, doesn't oh, put her hands no. out. And then she comes up and she's holding her mouth, and I'm like, thinking, oh my goodness, what am I going to see? <laughs> as any dad, oh. as any, I've been left on my own with the kids, don't forget, do you know what I mean? So it's all on me. And I'm with him, I'm yeah, literally yeah, yeah. like three or four foot away from her, and she was climbing on these, the, you know, obviously these rocks have been put there to stop erosion, do you know what I mean, at this end of the beach. Okay. Uh, and then she comes up, takes her hand away, and spits out some teeth. Oh, you are joking. Well, bits of teeth, I'm exaggerating. But you know, you, my heart sank, my heart sank, because <laughs> I was like, no. are they, are they, <laughs> These are her big teeth. Are they, these oh, are for keeps. No. These are baby teeth. I know. She well, she's took her baby tooth out this morning. One of her little side ones. But these are her two big front ones. Slightly chipped both of them. I was like, no, you have got to be kidding me. And she kind of held her hands up and went, yeah, I should have listened to you because I'd said don't climb on the rocks. And then she just carried on. Mm-hmm. Poor little mite. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, but she kept it together. She said straight away, can you fix it? Can you just sand them down? Because she could feel how jagged they felt. <laughs> Like dads can fix everything. Yeah, I'll just get my chisel, my sandpaper or whatever. <laughs> so I had to wait with them for like another 45 minutes. So I kind of just chatting to them, trying to keep them jolly. And she was a little mm. bit distraught, obviously, because, you know, she, no, no kid likes to see blood. And no, she could pull no, it together. They're quite resilient. Okay, so they pulled it together and then they got the chips and they were fine. And that was it. They didn't really mention it again. But And then get this, we were going back to the field. And we're driving in, and I'm saying, you know, there's a chance somebody else could be in the field. Don't be disappointed. 
because there is a normal traditional field that we used to always go in. Now there's loads of caravans in it, and this was used to be virtually right, okay. empty when we went there in the eighties and nineties and whatever. It was nearly always empty because it's one of those sites that have very few amenities. It used to be like a coal tap in the corner that they'd use for the sheep, and that's still there. This old brass tap and mm. one toilet, like not even nothing else, just a little toilet you walk into, like a stone cubicle. And one cold wow. hat, you know what I mean? So it never used to attract anybody, but I think they've put electric points in and stuff now, so they get these like, caravan people and people who leave the caravans there all the time. But anyway, yeah, we're driving into the farm, and as we're about to go into our field, what do we see? We see this lad walking in, and written on his back, Merseyside School, something, something. And we were like, no, this is a school party. That was our first no. thought. My first thought was like, oh man, it's going to be like some huge gang of kids. Like the yeah. Princess Trust or something, you know, coming out to do some out of bounds stuff, and then we come around the corner and they put and they put the tent right next to ours. And we're I'm like, joking. You've got to be kidding me! They've got a feel the size of like, do you know what I mean? The size of a small town, <laughs> and they've chosen to put it right next to ours. <laughs> What's going on? And then my wife said, No, look who it is! It's your cousin Jim. And I was like, No, and there's no car there. It was Jim and his wife Lou, who were sound, lovely people, and they're two and they're two lads, they're two young oh, kids, okay. and they've been cycling all the way from uh, Cardiff, and they were going all around to Chester on bikes, mm. and they'd been cycling for like three days, and they'd heard we were going to the field to the farm, and uh, so they decided to come over, and it was boss. It was like wow, of all the people to see. Oh, so that's it went cool. from yeah, it went from disappointment to like ah elation, cool. And you know Jim's a great guy, and his wife's lovely, and we—they're so good. They're such a lovely company, and it was like that was a lovely first day. Despite the two thing, we got the company of these guys, and they—you they, know—they they stayed with us and had breakfast in the village with us in the morning, and then set off on their bikes again. But it was cool, and they sat out that night, Jim and I, Lou and I, and we just looked at the stars, and you could see it was so clear at night. I've never seen so many stars, like you saying about sky. I've never seen so yeah. many stars. You could even see these two smudges of like the Milky Way above us, which were like wow. dense, like a cloud of stars as well. It was like you could awesome. see absolutely everything. There were shooting stars going over. And then Jim said, "Oh look, there's the space station," and you could see that going past. You know the uh, wow. international one, but it was just great. And they they must have been absolutely shattered because they've been cycling all day, and the weight mm -hmm. of his bike. I mean, I tried lifting Jim's bike, and it was like twenty five kilograms at least it was like a solid I, I struggled to lift it up <laughs> wow, so like, wow, wow, wow. I know they must be fit very fit but anyway yeah that was the start of the holiday and the rest of the holiday was great as well you know we had one wet day and we went into Pathali and tried to occupy our time and did walks we did a walk that evening down the new coast road there's a coastal path you know that goes all around the edge of Wales and we got down onto it we couldn't find a sty that took you onto it so we had to kind of climb over these barbed wire fences which was a bit hairy and then stamped down a load of like brambles on the other side but yeah that was cool although we, again we couldn't find a way off it so once we were on it we only went once we go for half an hour that Thursday the wet day it stopped raining by then we ended up walking till nine o'clock to another wow. bay you know because we couldn't find a way back it was like we're stuck on this coast path now but anyway, man, I've, um, I've rabbited on enough, but it was cool. It was really nice. It was a good holiday. That's I've got I've got one question. So in conclusion to um, Teethgate, what oh. happened? Did did your daughter just put on a 
a straight face and you know, what's the expression I'm looking for Gray did face. she just battle on has she still got chips in her teeth or did you did what, tiny what, what, what little happened? tiny you can't really see the like uh, tiniest oh, little yeah. when she spat out the bitter teeth they were literally like little millimetre bits I mean when Vicky uh, came back she was like where are they she was trying to find them <laughs> at first I was like as though she could stick it back on <laughs> and uh, that night that first night despite having the lovely sitting out in the stars till about one o'clock I couldn't go to sleep because I kept going back to that incident. So even though it had been a great day and we had this perfect sight, mm. I, mm. my heart was like still kept going back to that scene of her bashing her face, thinking, oh my goodness, feeling like a terrible parent because I hadn't been able to reach over and grab her, you know what I mean, from five, six. Mm. Nice. hard though when you were uh, occupied by two, especially because your son's even younger than her, isn't yeah. he? And he's a handful, so. Yeah. yeah. That was the only real negative that is lasting it was good experience it's hard work though camping as anyone knows but that obviously it's not as exotic or as remote as where you were going but it's just a great place and it felt like we were connecting with family tradition going there do you know what i mean because it's where we went as kids and we used to play and run for hours on the fields and you know jim's younger brother matt passed away a couple of years ago so it's almost like you're you're communing with your family past your history a little bit and Lou was very perceptive. She said that. She said, she said, I bet you used to come here whenever something you needed to kind of reset emotionally. And she's spot on. Yeah, I thought, yeah. There have been a times in our life where things have gone not as well or whatever things have happened. And that would be somewhere mm -hmm. we always go back to that kind of had some sort of emotional, mm -hmm. calming effect. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But it was good. But yeah, as yeah. any parent will tell you, camping is. It's almost like you need a holiday to get over it, because... <laughs> do, you, yeah. do you find it hard, that the thing that we as a family always found hard with camping is finding that balance between bringing enough... Hmm. Um, what's the word? Like your little stove, your pans, your blow-up mattresses, all hmm. of the things that are going to keep you comfortable. Hmm. You've got that end of the spectrum, but then at the same time, you don't want... You do actually want to be adventurous and yeah. get out into the wild. You don't want to be super comfortable so that actually yeah. you spend loads of time setting stuff up. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I know. We probably I, erred I, I on the side of not taking too many mod cons because I think. Yeah. I did think, oh, I'll take the laptop, and I thought, what am I thinking? The kids yeah. are not going on the yeah, laptop. Yeah, that's what I mean. They're not playing Minecraft. They're not going to be watching DVDs or anything. And it was great yeah. just having zero screen, zero electronics. So we kind of erred on the side of. You know, going back to the 70s, 80s style of just keeping it basic. Because that's what yeah, it's about. Yeah. Like you say you're in nature, you get up in the morning. We were able to have breakfast outside, cook outside, which was nice. Get the stove rack outside and just cook, you know, and have like a little breakfast and stuff. It was nice. Awesome. It was nice. Yeah, it was good. But anyway, so there are holidays. We've kind cool. of covered. I mean, we could probably say more. I didn't include the negatives. I mean, the worth <laughs> towards the end of the week, there was a couple of nights where I was had visions of us getting like the wind picked up, and there was like a storm warning. And I think everyone thought, and a few people, another the other field said they'd gone home, and they, anyone with a tent had been quick to take it down and get off because they thought this storm was coming in. And we were facing the sea with nothing in between us and the sea. Really, the wind was just coming straight at us. And we, I did look at the wow. weather, thinking, oh man, are we? foolish for staying here this is like mm. and it did say storms and so on so yeah wednesday thursday night it was pretty hairy 
and I did have it visions. Yeah, a little bit. Compared to the first three days, weather-wise were perfect. In the middle, it went a bit like I even had images of our tent getting peeled off the ground and rolled along with us inside because there are all these sewn in, <laughs> sewn in ground sheets. Honestly, so I parked the car, wow. blocking the wind, which didn't do much. Yeah. You know, the kind of and I'd even put up like a windbreak, which was useless to try and break the wind a little bit on one side of the tent and in the night I think one yeah, of the poles yeah. had come out and that was flapping around like a spear ready to be launched by this flipping windbreak and my wife we were all sleeping in this one long compartment at the back we'd unzip the central bit dividing it and my wife said to me hey yeah. Al go on go out there's a weird noise I think the windbreak's come loose so I'm out there in the night in the wind rain hood up hammer trying to hammer back down this windbreak. These are the bits you admit, really, when you tell the story. And I'm like, <laughs> stupidly trying to nail this thing back in, or hit it back in. And I think the last blow, I decided to change hands and held it with my right and hit it with my left. and took a huge slice out of the top of my, one of my fingers. Oh, no. With this huge metal, you know, metal-headed hammer. So you miss out those bits of the story, that you had a huge flap of skin hanging off your finger then the next morning where you'd got up oh. and the windbreak was in tatters it'd been destroyed anyway it was pointless exercise <laughs> so that was the only bad bit where you're lying in, in bed thinking I did actually go and get my uh, my go bag knife I've got a proper like good knife and put it next to my bed yeah. if we get rolled up I had images of us like being smothered by the fabric and me having to cut <laughs> us out like Rambo style like Okay, follow me. I'll cut us out. <laughs> Can you breathe? <laughs> so, even though I'm describing this idyllic breakfasting in the sun, there were a couple of times where I went, yeah. are we going to die here? <laughs> oh, strikes and gutters, man. You get strikes. the rip of the smooth on those kind of trips, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> and when we got back to the house, we were like, there's no wind. Because my wife's very noise sensitive. I think the wind was driving a party. There's noise, you know, the tent, constant wind yeah, yeah, yeah. those last two, three days. Did the, did the kids love it, though? They did. That's, they did. That, they the loved it. But the, it's no fun camping when it's wet because you've got nowhere to dry stuff. It's not like being in a nice cottage or something. You no, know what I mean? No, no. It was, and anyway, I don't know. I mean, changing the subject from the highs and lows of camping, how did you find the lockdown situation in Scotland? Because we're coming out of lockdowns pretty nationally, aren't we? Scotland I'm we not are. sure what switch what were they doing so two weeks before we went up to Scotland the final restrictions were lifted in England which mm. meant that you could go out and not wear a mask mm. and for the most part it felt like we'd gone completely back to normal didn't it mm. other than some stuff I thought it was uh, I don't know about you but I thought it was interesting um, on that first, on the Monday that they lifted the mask restriction, going into shops mm. and thinking, because some shops were going to uh, maintain that rule, weren't they? That you had to wear a mask. I know Waterstones, uh, Boots, places like that were going to maintain that rule that you had to wear a mask. And I thought this is going to be interesting to see who's going to decide to wear a mask and who's not. Yeah. And I couldn't believe. I don't know whether it was just here in Liverpool that this is the case, but people seem to ditch masks like that, didn't they? A lot of people did, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was it was interesting yeah. to see that. See you, how did see you, you feel about? It? How did you feel about it emotionally? Did you have an emotion about it? I don't it? know. Like, like um, my wife, my and I, we were talking. We were, going, we were saying, no. Do you know what? We are going to 
keep wearing masks in shops. Yeah. We're not going to let our guard down. But yeah. truth be told, you know when you're in a rush and you need to not nip out and get a couple of bits for cooking or if you're making a meal or whatever. Yeah. It's just one less thing to worry about. So two, three days in, I'm already, you know, I'm not wearing a mask anymore. I'm going into shops and right. just me being honest. Um, I'm, I'm keeping like a safe distance from people, but yeah, I've stopped wearing a mask really. Right. And one thing that I found really noticeable uh, when we went up to Scotland is obviously they were still wearing masks that week that we were there. Yeah. And having to wear a mask again was... Uh, really annoying and that's from <laughs> someone like myself and Nadia who gave it some thought yeah. you know and we're going to try and continue with it and it was like oh, I can't believe we've got to wear a mask again so yeah. I do think if that restriction is reintroduced yeah. there will be murder do you think it's interesting. I think so yeah, yeah. it's interesting that yeah I mean Why, what do you think we're still wearing the masks I mean people might Criticizes. I, I go in shops and I think around here probably half the people wear them and half okay. aren't wearing them and generally I'm not even aware of it the first week when they lifted it I just thought well I'm going to carry it I even go back to the house if I've forgotten a mask I'll walk back and lose five minutes right. to go back to the household car and get the mask because I just think I don't know it's just me I just think I've had my jabs and Vicky has and I just think even so it just shows a good spirit I don't know, I and mean, people might criticise me and say, oh, you're being a coward or something, but I just think it's for the common overall good. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, I mean, the first few days you'd go in and you'd see everyone just swanning around and you'd think, when you see people wearing the mask, you'd almost feel like a slight, I find myself feeling like a kind of love for them, the people wearing the mask, I was thinking, oh, they're wearing a mask. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I felt like a kind of affinity with them, even though these were total strangers, I thought, good on you, you know, you're doing something you don't have to do, but you're still carrying it on. And the people who yeah, yeah. weren't wearing the mask, I didn't feel any animosity towards, particularly, you know what I mean, because they, they were allowed now not to wear them. And some people never did, they just had like lanyards on, didn't they, and whatever. They never wore yeah, them anyway, yeah. some people, even some <laughs> shops out around here, you see these hard knocks, tough guys walking around, you think, oh man, they'd never yeah. wore a mask. Yeah, yeah. And they'd get into yeah. fights over it, almost, you know, not, so it never affected them anyway, but we've carried on. And in Wales, it was interesting because they are a few weeks behind us, similar to Scotland probably, insofar as you had to wear a mask. So I didn't have a problem with mm -hmm. it. You're saying, you know, it was irritating having to go backwards to that. Because we were still doing it anyway. We just kind of carried on. It, it was interesting because it was kind of messy. So when we went to Pathelli when it was wet, you could see these crowds of people and there was nowhere to eat. We ended up going back to Costas and queuing up. And mum and dad mm -hmm. had come down. Mum and dad had come down for a couple of... Well, a couple of nights so they were with us and it was nice you know but it was a wet day in Pithali so what more can you say you know what I mean but it was nice to get finally got into Costas and the staff were really lovely and sweet and they let us sit together so they weren't that strict they let us move chairs so we could all sit at one table at first I thought oh, right. they're never gonna let us do that and they, so even then they were slightly bending the rules and you could tell it was like a kind of messy end to the lockdown it where they were still coming out of it they knew England had come out of it and most of the people in Pithali that day half of them would have been English maybe more so it's right, this real yeah. mix, real mix of attitudes and approaches and thoughts. And we're living through a historical event, aren't we? So who knows where we're going to be in a couple of months? Who knows? No. You know, they're talking now about the vaccinated people carry just as many of the, is it pathogens? Is that the right word? The germs? The, is uh, that right? Yeah. COVID. Yeah, they're saying, so if you come across people who haven't been vaccinated, which there are still probably a percentage of the population, 
they're still going to get sick off us. So we could still be breathing on somebody, these germs. We could feel great. We've been vaccinated. We might have had it one, two, three times already, the, the illness, yeah. in, some, in some variant form. But we could be breathing on somebody who then might get ill or maybe even hospitalised. You don't know, do you? But mm-hmm. obviously yeah. the vaccines... I don't know if we could chat about that, how you feel about the vaccines. I think they have slowed the rate of transmission and the suddenness of hospital spikes, you know, like people having to go in in huge numbers. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you be, have you guys both been vaccinated now? Um, I have. I've had my second jab um, two, yeah, about four weeks ago it was. Uh, on a side note, I had it done in Anfield. And I hadn't. I knew that Anfield and Goodison were, were close mm. in proximity. Mm. I didn't realise just how close they were, just across Stanley Park. Yeah. Um, and anyway, but Nadia hasn't had hers. No, she's still to get hers. Right. Uh, she's holding fire for the time being. Fair enough. Yeah. She can't be criticised yeah. for that. Last night, actually, Reese got his first one. Our eldest. Ah. He was twenty-one. Okay. He got his first one after our. Right. We went for a nice walk up in Ainsdale, and then we. Went down to a, not as far as Anfield. We went to Linnicott Methodist Mission, like an old church type thing, cool. where they were doing vaccinations. And he had his first one in Bootle there. But he mm. feels a little bit. I think he's fine. He hasn't had any massive reaction. He's got a sore arm, but that's about it. He had the Pfizer. Yeah. The Pfizer. The Pfizer. I had the Pfizer. So tell Reese that. Ordinarily, the first Pfizer vaccine is okay. You just get a bit of a dead arm. Yeah. The second vaccine does leave you feeling a bit woozy. Yeah. Yeah, right. I felt um, the next day, because I was thinking, oh, it's the first vaccine that's going to give you the problems. Yeah. But the second vaccine, I felt a bit out of it the next day. It doesn't last long. Yeah. Um, did, we, did you get the AstraZeneca? I did. <laughs> I did. Well, because of my job, they offered it quite early on, so that was all they were giving out back then. February, oh, March. Course, I think yeah. it was Feb even or March. It was quite early in the year when they were, you know what I mean? Because I'm not old enough to qualify for any special thing. But I think yeah, they, yeah. So I went and got it. Yeah, and I was sick as a dog. <laughs> I was, I was so sick. Oh yeah, I remember you telling me. I that think we've talked about. You, yeah, it? we've probably already talked about it. I don't want to bore, bore the guys. But yeah, I lost a day. Didn't hit me till ten hours later, and then I was sick all night. Heart was racing. Felt like I was going to have a heart attack that night. And I was like, love, you know where the will is? I was actually saying, like, in my delirious state, I could feel all these weird things coming up in me, like heart, adrenaline. Heart was going like the clappers, like I was running the 100 metres. And that was all night, all night. I was like, oh, man, this isn't right. I feel like I've drank, like, 100 cups of coffee. But anyway, and then I slept all the next day because I was exhausted. (laughs) Anyway. I think it's so individual, isn't it? We've talked about this. The reaction to it is so individual but there seems to be a pattern obviously with certain vaccines like the visor as you say the second one seems to affect people with the astrazeneca it seems to be my experience personally this is my opinion people under the age of 50 who have got any moderation moderate fitness level they seem to react really badly to the first one isn't that interesting yeah i've, I've noticed that amongst my friends and family yeah have you? my parents who are both 60 plus yeah. have had both vaccines and it hadn't bothered them at all yeah. really yeah yeah it's interesting something that, in it? that wasn't it? but then I love the way then those people who have no reaction go good immune system that's what it is 
like you weak young people and I'm thinking I don't think it's that people I worked with were like marathon runners and boxers they were sick yeah. as dogs and they couldn't do anything the next day and I thought I don't know it seems to be the fitter ones <laughs> I don't yeah. know if they, their immune system maybe more sensitive I don't know who knows but again it's, and also with your better half Nad saying she's not got it it's an opinion as to whether you get it or not I mean our Reese was holding off and holding off but he's finally gone with the the common consensus yeah her, she's just waiting to see how everybody else reacts over like the next few months you know and um, yeah she will make a decision I think the allure of foreign holidays perhaps next spring summertime might be the kicker really yeah that might swear uh, We'll have to see, yeah, and you yeah. can't go into a nightclub unless you've had two vaccines. That's a rule that's coming in at the end of September. Yeah, yeah, that's mad. Isn't and we're it? often in nightclubs, so you know. Oh, I know. <laughs> you young no, trendsetters. I can't imagine you guys going to many nightclubs unless it was like a jazz club or something. Something a bit. Oh off. no, those days are behind us. Fortunately, I was going to say unfortunately then, but I couldn't be. I, you know, driving through Liverpool last night, yeah. looking at people going out. Yeah. We would get. We were coming home at about eleven, half eleven. You're watching people. Their night is just beginning. You think, wow. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't do that. I just, I just, I don't have the minerals for that anymore. <laughs> you know. I know. <laughs> I know. You're getting yeah. in at five, six o'clock in the morning. It's just. Yeah. And I thought of it's horrific, isn't it? But anyway, we sound like a couple of right old farts, aren't we? Where were you yesterday? I know. Didn't, I know. You went for a walk yesterday, didn't you? Tell us about where you went. Where's that, sorry? Where did you go yesterday? You went for a walk, didn't you? Yeah, it was a walk in North Wales, uh, near Conway. Hmm. Now, the walk, there was a walk called Devil's Kitchen Hmm. in this region that we went. It was a walk near that. It wasn't that walk. And it was great. There was this, um, well, we set off at about, we got there for about 11 o'clock and we started walking and it was, it was supposed to be a three hours, three. It's supposed to be a walk that took three hours, mm. nine hundred meters elevation. So it was a pretty, you know, like solid walk. Mm. Um, and it was funny in this. There was this little visitor center that we went into to buy a, a pastry and things. And in the toilets, there's these warnings that say, "Just be careful on the walks near this center because the weather closes in mm. uh, pretty fast." And it, we we got really lucky because we got to we 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 got up this this fell mm. and we got so far to the point that we were actually starting to climb. Mm. You, you, <laughs> you, it, it'd gone from walking to scrambling to actually were climbing up ledges and things mm. to get so that we were very we were we were near the peak. Right. And then we we set off uh, just for a second, and then the clouds just started to come down into the valley. Right so fast yeah. to the point where we we couldn't see below us we, we'd actually climbed into the clouds right. as it were yeah, yeah. and then the wind whip, whipped up and it started raining um, and I, I said to Nadia if we started this walk maybe 20 minutes half an hour earlier we'd be way high up yeah. and we'd have to climb down this little section that we've actually started climbing yeah. and that would have been like really really sketchy so thankfully we used our better judgement and decided to turn back I am scarred, I must say, since we did Scarfell Pike. I'm on high <laughs> alert now every time I do a fell or whatever it is. I'm thinking, oh. 
what is what is the worst that can happen here? So that's <laughs> oh, I remember that, that, the that, worst. That <laughs> I remember yeah. the worst. <laughs> oh, I've been through the worst. Um, so yeah, we turned back. It was an awesome walk. I have to get the the name of the walk, the actual name of it. But it is it's near a walk called Devil's Kitchen. It's in the same region near Conway in Wales. So oh yeah, I'd recommend it. Cool, have to do it. Any walks like that, yeah, you want the weather on your side, otherwise you can yeah. get into difficulties, can't you? If you? I think scrambling as well, or scr- climbing, if you're not used to that kind of thing, can be pretty hairy anyway. Cause I remember going on one with Vicky and a, a brother and a guy I worked with up Trifan. Is it Trifan next to Snowden? Trifan, oh, yeah, yeah, Trifan, that was, sorry, that's oh. where we were. We were in that area. Yeah, yeah, next to Trifan then. Next to Trifan, yeah. That was terrifying. This guy said, this is a... This is a yellow yellow path. This is easy or medium, and I was thinking, okay. And there were a few points where I looked at the other two, not the guy who was taking us, who was an experienced mountain climber, and we stayed in like the Liverpool mountaineering hut that he had access to that the night before we yeah. set off. But it was terrifying, honestly. We were looking down, and you think, if I slip here, there's like a thousand foot, yeah, and there's yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred foot, five hundred foot, and you have to make sure you had three points of contact all the time. The word scrambling, I thought, oh, that would just be like, you know, running up. And to, yeah, I didn't yeah. quite grasp what that meant in the professional sense, what they meant by scrambling. Mm. Do you know mm. what I mean? I thought it was just like running up a hill. Well, that would be easy. You don't need any gear, so it's not going to be that. But honestly, it was like, you were next to crevices and things that were just sheer drops. Yeah. And the other, the other two were like bordering on, freaking out a little bit. And they, I had to kind of put a brave face on it and go, oh, it's fine. But I was thinking... I don't think I'd do this if I had kids. We didn't have kids when we did that. I don't. Mm. So I know what you, if the weather was closing in as well, you, you made the right call turning back anyway, I think. Yeah. Well, that, that's, the, that's what, you know how you say your guy said, oh, this is a yellow. I don't know where that is in the scale of, you know, easy to difficult. But yeah. and Nadia uses this app called All Trails. It's a great app for walks all around the UK. Um, and it on, on this app, it said... This is a moderate walk, yeah, not yeah. hard, yeah, not yeah. easy, moderate. But some of the comments had said, oh, this is actually more like a hard walk. And I was thinking, oh, that'll be from people who aren't, yeah. you know, used to walking, not mature walkers like us. Not as fit Goodness as me. Yeah. You, felt, you felt like leaving a review, like saying, this needs to be changed. This is a difficult walk. You yeah. know, this is actually, because I think if people think that's easier than, than it is, they could have ended up like, you know what we could have been you know half, halfway up this yeah. the face of a what feels like a mountain in, in pretty you know sketchy weather so yeah yeah good fun though it was it was near Triffin where we were cool sounds, sounds nice sounds like a good time but yeah maybe that's a that's a topic in itself isn't it the guidebook ratings of whether it's medium or low and you think I mean we were with a proper like almost professional if not professional climber but maybe that's why mm. he said this is easy because he was so used to doing Hardcore stuff, but didn't feel easy. Felt terrifying. Yeah. So I'm glad you guys got back in one piece. Anyway, I mean, we've talked about a few different things, haven't we? Holidays, climbing. Have we? We could talk about castles. Have you? Did you visit any castles when you were on your holiday? Tie and castles, I. No. We could do a history. No castles. A bit of a history link. Yeah, yeah. Let's have a bit of history. We didn't actually. We didn't. We didn't visit any castles. Uh, I did. We drove past a couple of cool-looking castles on the way to our walk yesterday. Mm. I've got a feeling you visited a castle that you in Wales. Just one on the way home, Carnarvon, which we couldn't get in last year when we went past because it was all COVID lockdown. 
Right. When we made a booking and went to uh, Carnarvon, which I've not been to for years. And there's a lot of building work going on, but it was still great. It was great. And we've watched mm. Dan Jones's uh, British Castles program so many times. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? We've watched it. Honestly, it's how we get the kids to sleep most nights. Put Castles on. It's on Netflix. It's a yeah. great series. And one of them is on Carnarvon Castle. So we knew every nook and cranny. One well, we didn't, obviously, but we, we were so familiar with it. It was great. I mean, it was nice going inside. To be honest, we loved just being on the outside of it last year and seeing, being able to walk around the castle. Because mm-hmm. the whole town is like walled, a walled city. And we were stood at one exhibit and I was talking to Elizabeth saying, it was about Eleanor, Edward I's wife, and how she mm. had so many kids. And she gave birth to the first Prince of Wales, which he sneakily had born there, you know, to try and buy the mm. Welsh and say, look, I've given you a Welsh prince, but it was his son. But we were stood by this one artistic exhibit of like Eleanor and it was like, cardboard cutouts and this kind of story of her life and it was good you know there were things in there that I didn't know about their crusading and stuff they went away together and somebody mm-hmm. trying to assassinate Edward you know the hammer of the Scots and he built all these castles and he was constantly attacking the Welsh and attacking the Scots you know he's the guy out of Braveheart the old man in Braveheart uh, he's the real okay, yeah. but he's a real tyrant really in many ways but he's a real you know and I said to Elizabeth oh, how, many, how many kids does she have because there was a bit about giving birth and this is how sad. I know it's sad. And you can see these people looking at us like that. Nerds. Or maybe it was, maybe it was contempt or just like weird. Why would that child, that young seven-year-old girl know that? Because I said, how many kids did she have? Do you remember? And she straight off the bat said the number, which I think is wow. correct. I don't know if I've remembered it wrong. I think she said 16. But Vicky said afterwards, no, it was 18. But I think it is 16. And, uh, wow. and I went, wow, you remembered that? And I see these this man and woman looking at her like that freak. <laughs> it's because she's watched British Castles a thousand and one times. <laughs> she's remembered the script. <laughs> that sounds like a great program. I might give that a watch. They're brilliant. I used to show the one on Carrick Fergus Castle to my classes in uh, history classes up until early this year when I was doing my history teaching. And uh, yeah, they're, they're great. Lancaster Castle's another one. I love the one on Lancaster Castle because where we are used to be part of Lancashire. You cool. know, so if you committed a crime in there where we are, you'd be taken up to Lancaster, where they where they held the Pendle witches and all those kind of things. But it's full of history. It's great. But yeah, I recommend it. It's a great program. Awesome. Yeah, British Castles one. Anyway, so we've kind of we've touched on the COVID Freedom Day that we had in England. Have we? We've touched about it in a roundabout way. I thought we could have discussed it. So, overall, your feelings, your opinions about Freedom Day. What do you? How do you feel about it? I was keeping up with COVID stats quite uh, ardently mm. up until Freedom Day, but then since Freedom Day, I've not looked at the later latest statistics. I don't know. Are we waiting for a new wave of information to come in? I know that they were saying that kids not being in school, parents not mingling at school gates, mm. because they were saying oh, throughout the summer cases have, have dropped mm. or whatever. Yeah. And they were saying, but also you've got to factor in these different things that are also happening at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Do you, are, you, are you up to up to date with the, with the latest? Not really. I, I think everyone's kind of got a bit war weary, 
and they've kind of. And gone. I know the 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 world was looking at the UK, weren't they? We, we were doing this first mass kind of experiment, and the world was watching on to see what was going to happen once all of these mm. restrictions were yeah. were lifted. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's funny you should ask because just yesterday I was saying to Nadia, it feels like we have gone back to normal. I don't, you know, other than the odd staff member where we are I think I've got to remember where we are in the city centre you've got a lot of young people yeah. a lot of students yeah. so that might be warping my view of what's going on a little bit you know because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing yeah. the, the kind of demographic I'm, that I'm living in and not too fussed about no. what's going on do you know what I mean they're not that fearful are they so they never have been no yeah true it could be that I mean you're still working from home aren't you I should know this. Yeah, 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 still, yeah, still working from home. But the, again, my office is reopened. I have that the choice to go in. They're not forcing me to go in. They've given that hot desking op- options and stuff. But uh, working from home cool. suits me down to the ground. So cool. Well, that sounds good. Uh, so yeah, mixed feelings about Freedom Day. Mixed feelings. Yeah. And we'll just have to watch the space and see what happens. I mean, the news recently has been about all the fires and floods. One half of the earth seems to be on fire, the other half seems to be underwater, doesn't it? And even in London, they had that thing the other week where it was huge downpour, flooded all the basements Mm of parts of them. I read somewhere that it said it's just the sheer amount of water falling at once, obviously. And the fact that Mm -hmm. even the front gardens, the equivalent of so many parks have been just paved over because people want to drive in space. You know, some Mm -hmm. parts of London traditionally would have a front garden. And I suppose that would hold mm. the water and seep it out slowly into the gutters or evaporate it into the air. But all of a sudden it's hitting mm. these concrete slabs and just rushing into the gutter. So it's a whole load of factors. But yeah, definitely it's worrying, isn't it? When you look at... I don't know if you've been following the news to do with all that. Have you I seen de- it? Well, I, um, did you read anything on the IPCC's report? Yeah. The code, the code red that they've issued that... Yeah. S- s- of drastic action needs to be taken mm. the, the, the saddening thing about that report from what I read is that there is damage that has been done so far that they reckon is now irrevocable you right. know, we've, we've gone so far and the, I think the word that they kept using was what was the word that they kept using it's basically it's 100% now we are 100% sure that climate change is a thing mm. and humans have damaged of the planet and uh, the, the scariest thing for me was they were saying even if we take the action that everybody's saying they're going to take mm. the temperature's still going to keep r- rising mm. you know yeah. um, we're going to be reaping what we're sowing now in the next 10 to you know 10 20 years and if we don't do anything mm. we, the, 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 the world could be four degrees as hot as four degrees by the end of this century making large swathes of the planet uninhabitable scary is really it's like apocalyptic stuff isn't it when you when you start reading into it and this is from hundreds of scientists who've put this Mm. this project this research together Mm. so as you say it's 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 happening it's happening in real time at the moment isn't it it's amazing isn't it it's and we've talked about david attenborough's documentary and i know we've talked about other programs that deal with this kind of topic, like that Leonardo DiCaprio one before the flood, that was worth watching. And and obviously going back, you've got like the unbelievable truth. Is it? Is the Al Gore one? Is that was it called mm. unbelievable truth or something or inconvenient truth? But there've been okay. loads of documentaries over the last four years, five years, even going back further, that deal with this. But now it seems to be that the alarm bells are ringing, don't they? That's interesting yeah. that they say it's 
irreversible like we've done damage as a species since the industrial revolution to now that can't be reversed or you know it would take 500 years if we got it together now or maybe mm. a couple hundred years mm. for it to get back to an equilibrium that we have yeah. it's scary isn't it what does it it's say I, I, what does it say just, go on what were you going to say I was just going to say because where I'm from uh, where I was born Carlisle they are planning on building a new coal mine in the west of Cumbria aren't they right yeah which it's just you know and you're watching these news reports of as you say places like Belgium Germany mm. China facing these these mad floods and mm. places on the west coast of America who are facing severe heat waves you think how can we even you know entertain the idea of building a coal mine but their reasoning is well we're spending more money and expending more carbon importing coal mm. from other countries mm. so we may as well harvest it here you just think <laughs> god that is no, just insane it's the flawed logic isn't it it's like I'm taking the drug that's hurting me and I'm having to get it from a far away place and it's costing me money or what have you I'm going to just yeah. grow it here instead grow my own poison it seems like a flawed logic that doesn't it anyway madness. I mean it is madness it is madness well Ruining the earth, it says, doesn't it? There's a scripture that says, ruining the earth. Not ruined. I think it's, is it Revelation yeah. 11? Talks about them ruining the earth. That's right. But it does have a demon. If you believe that, if you believe in ancient books of wisdom, <laughs> such as the Bible, perhaps you do, perhaps you don't. But it does talk about that being stopped in its tracks, whether you believe in interventionist beings of power mm. that can do that that can check humanity's march towards self-destruction I don't know some people believe in an interventionist God some people don't believe in the Bible or God or you know the I won't ask your opinion unless you want to give it <laughs> no I, I thought that was interesting absolutely the earth is being ruined and they are not my words they were the words I think David Attenborough said that that was the, the, one of the last things he said mm. In, in in his documentary, uh, we are we have ruined the earth, and you think, wow, there it is coming from. He is kind of the face of climate change now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And he, he sees it so clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's madness, isn't it? Anyway, well, we've covered that. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, let's not let's not end on wow. just gloom and wow. catastrophe. Any thoughts? Let's change the subject completely. Do you want to cover? Famous family members? No, that's not a good topic. Are we famous? Any good programs you've been watching? TV programs? Nah, on the streaming services? Because I know I don't think either of us are really watching mainstream TV. Very it's funny much. that, isn't it? We know. We don't, I don't. I only. I mean, I do pay for. I have got a TV license, and I do question why I pay, however much it is. You know, a yeah. month. I think the reason is every now and again BBC iPlayer there's there's like a good series on is that oh the football the Euros were on uh, yeah. that was oh yeah that's probably why we haven't done a podcast in so long the Euros were on weren't they they were that was a brilliant few months do you enjoy uh, that but in terms of yeah I loved it and absolutely heartbroken in the final I've never felt football pain like that before no. even even as a, a Man United fan. You know, this over the last few seasons it's been painful, but that those that penalty shootout in the final was just <gasps> took me 
a good three days to get over that. It was horrendous. I know exactly. I know what you mean, but I didn't feel emotionally affected by it, I have to say. Do you know why? I resolved at a young age, 1990 World Cup. Right. Lineker, England, and all that, Gaza. Mm. And I felt like that for days afterwards, and I thought, oh, this isn't right. I'm not letting my emotional state as a teenager be determined by these sports <laughs> sports guys that I have no control over. Yeah. So I watched yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, I, I went and watched it. But yeah, I didn't feel quite as devastated as yours describing there. Maybe I'm just a cold hearted, unpatriotic fellow. A, but well, I had necked a bit of ale as well, so it could have been a little bit of that. Were there, were there <laughs> tears? Any tears? No tears, just that. I just had this vision of Pickford making that crucial save and the whole England yeah. team, that wave of white, just running towards oh. him and celebrating, you know. Yeah, yeah. It would have just, and at Wembley, it just, it really felt like it was about to happen. It really felt like it should have happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they just had that monster in nets who's bloody good at saving penalties isn't right, he and that's yeah, what it came down to in the end it was pure drama wasn't it I mean penalties are always it's always dramatic but they seem to pull it back didn't they at one point you thought ah oh, they're going to do it that yeah. save from Pickford like you say and then, uh, yeah, and then yeah, our yeah, pens yeah. didn't go in and it was like oh my goodness yeah. I felt sorry for the guys taking the pens I thought it should have been older men I know they've had this debate and I won't go into it but I did feel no. sorry for them and idiots were giving them abuse weren't they straight away being horrible and vile yeah, and I thought yeah, oh my yeah, goodness odds. You know what I mean? Like racism and all that stuff came to the fore, the worst. And part of me thought, I'm glad they didn't win. If that's the way they well, treat their heroes, you've made one you know what, slight you're... error, and these young lads put under such pressure, and these morons started abusing them. I felt outraged and thought, well, maybe you didn't deserve to win. If that's the spirit you show, yeah. you know what I mean? But yeah, anyway, the Euros. The Euros. Have you watched? Let me just Sorry, run through some. Let me run. No, it's cool. That's a good one to cover. Have you. Well, we'll start wrapping it up anyway. But <laughs> have you been watching any programs on Netflix? Have you watched um, Lupin, the second series? No, do you know I watched the first series of Lupin. Mm. Loved it. Keep meaning to watch the second series. Is it as good? I wouldn't say so. I mean, the last couple of episodes pull it together, and you go, "Oh yeah, that's quite clever," but it didn't seem quite slick. The first one had it was charming, wasn't it? And it yeah. was clever, and it seemed well paced, and you wanted to watch the next one straight away didn't quite grab me the same but anyway it was no. good it was like, I would say it was 60% of the first one that's my opinion right we watched might it might give it a miss then well, don't take my word for it I'm going to take your word for it take whatever you want do you have Disney Channel do you watch anything on Disney Channel oh right yeah so a film that one of my other friends recommended to me to watch on the Disney Channel was Nomadland or was it you, you know, you, did you mention Nomadland we chatted about this we chatted about it Oh, maybe I so chatted about bleak. bleak, yeah. Such a, such a bleak film. I, I was waiting. I don't know. I think I was thrown by the fact that it was on the Disney platform. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking, this must get positive. There's got to be like a feel-good factor. Yeah, yeah. And it just doesn't come. It's just bleak throughout, isn't it? But it's that, kind well, of that was my take from it. I thought it was kind of beautiful. And I found out that people were... When we chatted about this briefly and I said, watch it, watch it. I think we chatted on the podcast last one or the we one did, before. did, yeah. Yeah, it's a great film. And uh, Francis... M Dorman, is that? She's a great actress. She was. She's a great actress. And the people on it were real people. Like at the very end, there was an elderly man talking about losing his son, you know, in his 20s or 30s. I don't know, it was a suicide or something. I thought, that can't be an actor because that's just too real and too raw. Mm. If he's an actor, he's the best actor on earth. And then I think Dana someone told me, no, they were real people. 
which makes sense. They were right, actual okay. people who who've had to become nomads and follow this existence of living in homes because of losing their houses and stuff. But yeah, I'm glad you watched it. That's that's good. The kids have been watching the Mysterious Benedict Society, which is kind of Wes Anderson esque. That seems really good, quite clever, okay. and it seems to yeah. be grabbing our little ones anyway. If you get a chance, it might be too young, for, obviously, for yourself. But for young ones, it seems quite nice and harmless. I watched Loki, which is again largely pointless, but well done. It was clever. Owen Wilson's watchable. Do you know what I mean? And the English guy who plays Loki, I can't remember his name. It's hot. It's Tom. Wilson, that's it? right. Yeah, he's really yeah. good. But yeah, I really liked it. There's no but actually. I'm saying but in a negative way. But no, that was good. Tom, but it, just on that, on Tom Hiddleston, have you seen the Night Manager? New. I don't think so. Is it oh, good? Is it good? Brilliant. Brilliant book by yeah. John Le Carre turned yeah. into a one season, six episode series. Okay. I think it's on Amazon. Well worth the watch. He's brilliant in that. Okay, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. I don't think there's any other programs. We haven't been watching a lot of TV, really. Besides, no. It's been too sunny, hasn't it? It's been too nice, yeah. I wanted to go into books there briefly. Did you finish reading your book, The Anarchy, about the uh, East India Company? Uh, yeah, no, I'm about 100 pages in. Um, it is a fantastic book. I think you'd love it. I don't know how much you know about the East Indian Company. So, so. A little bit. A little bit. So, what I've covered so far, briefly, is their plans. They, they These guys, these merchants in London get together and they realise they were, initially they wanted to begin trading spices in uh, with the Indies. Um, and they get over there. And the Portuguese, the Dutch, they're already there. So, and the, 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 what they can trade with, which is largely wool from Britain, mm. the people over there aren't interested. They don't need that. Mm. So mm. they then decide to venture into India. But first of all, they've got to finance this this huge project. And it's actually one of, it's the, one, one of the first um, like stock companies. They've got to get loads of businessmen, merchants in the UK to kind of chip in mm. to finance this huge project because, you know, if you're thinking about like, the journey it takes to take a boat from the UK all the way to Bay of Bengal, it's huge. And then, you know, you're not getting profit from that for, for, for years and years and years. So that's really interesting. And they look at different ships that they're going to use, one of the one of which was the Mayflower, which I thought was quite interesting, you know, the, right. The one that took the Puritans, yeah, yeah. and then uh, yeah, it's just them setting up, talking to you know the, is it the Nate? Did you say Nabobs or Nawabs of um, in, like the local governors in India, and oh, right, yeah. and it's really you know and cool. and setting up their factories, and then this little entre- entre- enterprise gains its own military power, and mm. Robert Clive, he's like one of the early heroes that yeah, yeah. that fights on behalf of the, the company. Fantastic! I'm really enjoying it so far. Uh, William Dalrymple, he's a great uh, historian. Mm-hmm. I recommend it. I'll update you on it once I'm kind of further in. Yeah, yeah, let us know. Cool. So that's your book recommendation at the moment. Yeah. It's good that it's a history one as well. That's cool. My one, I think I might mention that I'm still reading The Civil War by Shelby Fort, which is a great, it's a great read. I only read right. a few pages a day, but it just sends me off to sleep. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> but in a good way, it sends me off to sleep. It's just like, wow. That interesting. He's a great writer. Go on. So, which civil war? The sorry, the American Civil War. Right. Eighteen sixties. You know, it's good. I think. uh, Michelle, before if you've ever seen him being interviewed, he's quite an interesting guy. He's got quite an interesting background. But I mean, I I saw him on the Ken Burns documentary of the Civil War years and years ago when I was a kid. 
and he seemed like quite a cool guy. But yeah, his book, I think there's three of these huge books and I'm only half, well, 80% of the way through the first one. So they're like big tomes. He obviously knows inside out everything. I think he was accused of being a sympathizer with the South or something. Shelby right, fought as okay. a writer and like an apologist for the South, but it's a good read. If you get a chance, if you're interested in history, American Civil War, Shelby Foote's the one to read, I think. So we've covered films, programs, books, we've done our holidays, we've done COVID, Freedom Day, IPPC, Code Red. We've just done so much, haven't we? Yeah. Do you know what? There's so many things we could talk about and we haven't talked about. So anything else you want to cover? Uh, yeah, so much, but we should probably, I, I mean, I rightly we should, we should have mentioned, we should have given the Olympics a mention. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know if you kept up to date, I don't know if you watched any of the Olympics, but there were some fantastic moments. Yeah. I didn't, no, I've, I'm sorry, man, I've just been so Tokyo. busy, I've just been so busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just bits and bobs, but we can save it for the next pod, can't we? We can save it for next pod. Have you got any dilemmas? Do you want me to give you a dilemma? Uh, yeah, go on. Go on, give me a dilemma. Well, I've left my post of 10 years uh, teaching history and whatnot, and I've been helping mm -hmm. my son with his gardening business, so it's good, honest labour, working yeah. roundabout. And we've got as much work as we want, but obviously it's not. Gardening's never that well paid. I, we get paid fairly, but we're doing work for this lovely elderly lady in, well, North Liverpool, let's say, a suburb. Okay. And one of the neighbours has obviously got an issue with this lady and she came out the other day and gave us such abuse. Wow. She started, I was just chatting to this lovely old dear about family and stuff, because we've known this lady for years, she's a friend of the family, lovely woman, inoffensive, wouldn't harm a fly, but she's lived in this place for a few years and the lady next door is like nothing you've ever encountered. And she's not an old woman, she's late 40s, early 50s perhaps, but she's really got in for it. And she accuses, we've only been there once before, she accuses off the bat of poisoning her plants, like as though we've got a bucket of poison and leaned over the wall and poisoned her plants. And I believe she has cameras everywhere and this, that and the other, and she was calling us absolutely everything you can imagine. And I was just taking it. And the poor old dear called the police, and we were like, Aww. I said, don't do that, it's all right, thinking I can just calm this lady down, but... I was like, are you for real? Are you serious? Do you know what I mean? And she was going on about how she'd been to this top university and she owned houses in London. And I was really stopping myself saying anything, cutting, you know what I mean? I was really trying to be, not say anything, because I just wanted to cut her off at the knees, or you know what I mean, and say, I did kind of go, when she was ranting about how great she was and how we were nothing and we were insignificant labourers. I kind of went... She, she was saying things like that? that is yeah, she said, you're so nothing, insulting. you're just fools. And we were like... But I was thinking, yeah, I've never spoke to this woman. I saw her a couple of weeks ago and we were like, hi, no, don't worry, we're not going to touch your bushes. We're not even going to go to the boundary. But yeah, it was something else. Anyway, my dilemma is... And I've had friends who are professionals, different professionals, and even the constabulary recommended I do this. But what do you think? Should I wear head or chest cam? to record her next time in full flow. Ah, that's my dilemma. That is, oh, why didn't we open the podcast with that? That's, the, that's been the best bit of the pod. That is a brilliant dilemma. The constabulary have recommended yeah. you do that. Otherwise it wow. just gets filed as like some neighbour mouthing off you. It means nothing. They're not yeah. going to send anybody. They're just going to file it and, you know, some clerk's going to ring you up and just go, sorry, she sounds nutty, but we're not going to do anything. Do you know what I mean? You've got to record it and have hard evidence of harassment because she, she was abusing this 
elderly lady on a number of levels, I won't disclose what, but there are protected characteristics, disability, religion, let's say. And wow. Do you know what I mean? So I, my understanding was, and the call handler was Bob, and she got it, the call handler understood exactly, and she said, doesn't sound right, that sounds like hate speech. And I was like, yes, I thought so too. And I think, I know she's had run-ins with the lady's family and so on, and lots of the neighbours have moved because of this lady. <laughs> But a lady, I use in the loosest term. But do you think I should wear a camp? I'm asking you, but I'm already decided what I'm going to do. We live in an age. I, I, see, I thought your dilemma. I thought you. I thought your dilemma was going to be: Should I poison all of her plants? Well, no, we I, don't use any pesticides. We don't. Do you know what I mean? I was thinking: would you, Do you think this old lady's paid us to poison your plants? That doesn't make sense. That's just that's madness. Really, it's nonsensical, isn't it? Uh, I, I would. Do you know what I would? Because. She's going to continue being that way, isn't yeah. she? And she's going to continue giving that poor old lady grief. Yeah, yeah. She sounds... Uh, is she, what's the politically politically correct way of putting this? Is unpleasant. She, um, unpleasant. Is she, is she quite well? Well, that's the thing. She's shouting about people's mental health and well-being, but I thought, you don't seem like a full, you know, shilling. Mm. I don't know. I'm not mentioning any yeah. names, so I'm not slandering anyone, but I think I am going to record it because I felt aggrieved for the old lady that she's had to put up with this level of aggression and abuse. And the fact that she was directing it at us just for working for her, calling us this, that, mm. and the other. And I'm like, that's madness. What's going on? And she was accusing us of all kinds. And we were like, no, no, this is a VAT registered business. We collect for the HMRC. There's nothing shady going on. Yeah, we're not, yeah, we're not yeah, tax yeah. dodgers and we're paying VAT. Can you believe how many gardeners like us, you know, are paying VAT? We're only doing that because we're getting a new van. I've registered us for VAT, so we're paying more tax than we need to. <laughs> we don't get any benefits. <laughs> Give me a break, are you mental? <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> I haven't suffered that level of abuse in classrooms for 20 odd years. Do you know what I mean? It was like, wow. off an adult. I was, like, you know, wow, I was incredulous. I was like, is this how people get is. spoken to? Just honest oh, working there and getting on with it, not harming of anyone. No, and, you, and the horrible thing is, you don't come away from those kind of interactions unscathed, do you? You're kind of a bit, even if you can clearly see that she's not well and she's obviously got a bee in a bonnet about something, but you think, ah, oh, stays with you for a bit, doesn't it? You think, oh man, I've had, I've had that a couple of times in public. Hmm. I got started on the other day. Really? To be fair, I, I am bad. I'm not bad for staring, but. This yeah. guy, we were crossing the road, and this guy was like effing and jeffing down the phone. Yeah. And I looked at him because I actually thought he was speaking in my direction. Yeah. And he kind of caught my eye, and I should have looked away straight away, but I, he looked a bit funny. Yeah. And um, I probably stared at him for about one second too long. Right. And then he was like, Are you all right, lad? And he, was, he really started on me. He was in a car like, oh. driving along. No, no, he was walking next to ah, me, and he was like, right. so he, he kind of stopped his phone. He stopped his phone. Yeah call and they like started on me and I was like oh no I'm, I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm not you know I don't want anything to do with you weird and I thought wow some people are just very angry aren't they very angry there's people a lot of anger like you yeah there's a lot of anger out there isn't there do you think it's to do with the lockdown frustration do you think mental health I mean it's probably a silly question do you think mental health has suffered in a large way across uh, the board absolutely I think it's twofold between lockdown and people on the I mean we've talked about this before again on the podcast well haven't we discussed on this podcast screens I think screen time is driving people nuts yeah. I really do yeah yeah what they um, need what they need to calm them down is a couple of 
northern peasants ranting and rambling on <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> that would just put things in perspective. And they go, oh, it's not just me getting kicked off on. Oh, it's not just me worried about fires and floods. These two guys are worried yeah. about it too. Yeah, I'm with the peasants on this. Yeah. Man, we've covered so much. But that's the dilemma. I'll let you know how that goes next time we speak. Yeah, Hopefully I, it won't be I'm three months. Different. Hopefully it'll be it'll be nearer than three months. Do you know what three I mean? Three weeks. Let's hope. Well, let's hope it's I a hope. few weeks. We'll get back into the swing of things once the kids are back in school and yeah, there's yeah. not the Olympics and the Euros and stuff and you know we'll I've be getting my hours now, so I've got certain days off, in week, which is good. Five, man. Well, your hours are down. My hours are down. So we'll just play it by ear. So our loyal listeners, if the, we appreciate you listening. We really do. Uh, have you got any thoughts to finish on, J-Man? Ooh, thought of the day kind of thing. Yeah. Um, thought of the day. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave you with a phrase that I, that the people up in the Outer Hebrides say. It's a Gaelic phrase. Cool. And it's people who have nothing to do will throw cats on a fire. Right. That's mean. The sense is there, isn't it? Keep yourself occupied. That's yeah, my yeah. message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The devil finds work. That kind of thing. That kind of thing, but more to the point. You cause harm. People who've got too much time on their hands cause harm. Is what you're saying? People, yeah, exactly. Got and it. And that comes in various forms. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. I like that one. I like that one a lot. Uh, I was thinking Have of. You got I had a thought, but I can't remember where I wrote it down. Now it was about not believing everything that you hear do you know what I mean that was my my thought for the day the naive that's it the naive person believes every word but the shrewd one ponders each step so whatever you read in the news there's a lot of what they call fake news out there isn't there and bias news and even good newspapers I think you and I read perhaps the same newspaper and it's quite a decent middle of the road newspaper mm. But they're all there's a lot of opinion out there, isn't there? So I suppose whatever you read or hear in on the news, whether it's the internet or in paper, don't believe it. That's what I'd say to people. Question the words used. Look look at it objectively and decide for yourselves. Mm -hmm. Is that true? What are the real words being used there, and so on? Is that a fair thought to end on as well? Absolutely brilliant, brilliant. You just elevated this podcast. <laughs> I doubt it. But anyway, we'll try and I'll try and edit it a bit and cut out the donut money requests and my computer <laughs> get my computer get beep in there. I don't know. Sorry, apologies for the beeps. I think it's some yeah. some things of, of some game the kids are playing somewhere in the house. Kept telling me yeah. something. They built somehow oh, okay. Minecraft or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good to talk to you, man. Uh, should we say goodbye? We should, yeah. Or if, well, your voice. <laughs> I know my voice broke. I'm, I'm getting emotional. It's been that long since we've done a pod. I'm gonna cry. Uh, au revoir. Au revoir. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate you listening. Any thoughts? Have a look at our peasants Twitter page and send us your thoughts and such like there if you wish. Uh, great to see you or see you to speak in your presence. Au revoir. Bon voyage. Au revoir. Au revoir, eh, man. See you soon, man. Take care, Joe. See there's you, that. Mate. There's that beep again. <laughs>